0: Hi everyone, welcome Welcome to this week's Padilla in the Know. Welcome. So (laughs) So excited to have Kaylee with us. Um, Kaylee and I used to work together at E! And she is just queen of of many things. Oh my god, thank Um, you. But yeah, so amazing at social media, she does incredible copywriting and has really mastered a brand voice. And I just wanted to have a conversation with you about that and think share with everybody why that's important and what it is and yeah. how to perfect that so that you sound like you're on your best game yes. and that you know how to communicate with your audience and your community in a responsible way. So yeah. I think we're just gonna jump right in because we have lots to cover today. Um, oh, also, we're at Shake Shack today in West Hollywood, so if, you see, yeah, so if you see all the <laughs> fries and stuff going by, that's what's going on. All right, so like I said before, we were together at E and you have done everything from really help shape and develop the brand Voice for E Social to writing copy and working on social for other companies and you also have your own platform called SnackFace, which I love and you guys (laughs) should follow. (laughs) Um, So tell us a little bit about your career and your accomplishments and how you've built everything and then also what you're working on right now. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you.
1: Um, so I worked in social media for, oh my gosh, eight or nine years now. And as Amy mentioned, we met at E! I was brought on specifically to work on style and branded content. And when I came on, there was no one doing specific style social, yet it was a huge arm of the company and a huge money maker. So, um, I came in and developed that entire voice the do's and don'ts of the things that we would do um, on our social channels for style. And also one of the big things that I helped introduce was going to Fashion Week. We weren't going to Fashion Week at the time for social or for video. And, I mean, aside from on screen for TV, but obviously we have a huge social audience.
0: Yeah. And no one was going. I think the season that you and I went first was like the first time that they had like put an effort behind that. And we were both like, wait, like, how have you not done this? I know.
1: This is so great. Especially because E is like the number one sponsor of New York Fashion Week and Tresemme. And Tresemme was a huge partner of ours at the time. So I was like, okay, we gotta go. Yeah. And thankfully, they let me go (laughs) thank goodness we talked our way into that that was good but it really opened up a lot of brand opportunities and or and and money-making opportunities and in my opinion we're supposed to be the expert in that field so it made no sense for our voice and for our brand not to actually be there in person yeah so I literally was like throwing myself on meteorizers covering like live shows with my camera on my little iPhone so but yeah after e um, I moved on and I've worked with several brands since then on developing their social voice and really their brand voice across the board yeah. there's almost nothing that I won't write for yeah. someone <laughs> um, and, and then on top of that my my number one source of experimentation is my own brand called Snack Face where I do review snacks, like lots of fun yeah. different snacks. There are no good, bad, healthy, unhealthy snacks. I cover all of them. And it's a great place for me to experiment with voice yep. and also with video, which is something I love yeah. and I'm curious about and is new to me. I'm nowhere near to being an expert. I just throw a camera on and I edit an iMovie. It's it's bleak, but I try. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> the, the work, the effort is in the repetition, like the work is in the repetition,
1: yes. so yes. doing it is important.
0: Yes. So can you clarify a little bit about what a
1: social voice is? So a social voice is the way a brand represents themselves in copy across the board, so that when you read something on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, on their website, something that's printed out on a box of the product of theirs, something that's on the label of the tag on your clothing. You know, it's all coming from the same voice and the same brand, and brand voice helps identify that and just make it all come together. Yeah, yeah, like a united front. Yes, exactly.
0: And I mean, I think you're so good at helping brands build that voice and giving it a vibe that's really polished and thoughtful, but also super relatable and funny and quippy and sounds like a real person, not just like robotic copy, which <laughs> yeah. is nice. Great. So, can you share with us? the three top elements that you take into consideration when you're working with a brand and helping
1: them shape that voice. Yes, so first and foremost, I like to identify the brand as a person. So give her a name, give her an identity, what does she do on a Friday, who is she, what music is she listening to. It's almost like a little bit method acting, Uh which is maybe weird, I don't know if other copywriters do this, but this is what I do but I'll like listen to the music that I think that person listens to to like get me in the headspace of that. And that's where I write from. So that is the number one thing. It's like, who is your brand if she were a person? And yes, I'm using female pronouns because girl power. (laughs) Second (laughs) is who does the brand want their audience to be? Who are we talking to? So then write with that in mind after you've identified that. And then third, I've forgotten my point, but I have it written down. Third, so while you're looking it up. I think it's important also to not just immediately... I see a lot of trends of
0: people just assuming that their customer are millennials and that's it. Yeah, no. And it's no. taking into account that other people have purchasing power and yes. other parts of the demographic yes. are also probably interested in your product. So finding a way to speak to who you think the cool kids are, but right. also the people who are probably using your product every day. Yeah, and, there's, their and on
1: it. there's it's easy to cross over into a holier-than-now voice or like cooler-than-you-are voice. And you want to avoid that at all costs because people are not going to engage with you or buy your product. You don't want to intimidate people. So actually my third point is what is the brand's objective? What are you trying to do? Are you trying to launch a really cool new beauty brand that has an interesting perspective on beauty and it's very inclusive? Are you more interested in trying to sell a bathing suit? Are you more interested in getting people to sign up to take a class? You know, think about that objective and honestly the objective change, changes a lot or yeah. month to month. It's different from when you're launching a brand to when you're launching a new product from that brand to you have a sale going on. It's all different and it all needs to be thought of when you're writing a copy.
0: I think that's a really good point is that there's gonna be an evolution in the conversation. Yeah. There's gonna be an evolution in your voice. The same way that you in your real life have an evolution with the way that you speak in a professional setting. So like when you start a job, you're on your Ps and Q's and you're super (laughs) polite and really friendly and nothing ruffles your feathers and you never have a bad day and everything's great. Yeah. And then when you've been there for like six months or a year, that you're a little bit more real and you're more apt to crack a joke or to, mm-hmm. you know, to say, mm-hmm. like, oh, the yeah. worst headache, like, when is this day going to be over? You know, and, like, right. you'll you'll pepper in some things that are real along with your, your positive attitude. Yeah. But I yes. think as a brand, it's important to think that, you know, there's an evolution and there's growth there. And if you're not yeah. always going to say everything the way that you did the first day right out of the gate.
1: No. And if in social media, especially, if you don't have the ability to evolve and evolve quickly and grow quickly, then you're stagnant, you're just dead in the water already. So you gotta be ready to just keep it moving and keep growing, keep evolving. And also keep trying new things too. I think a lot of people get afraid of that, but You have nothing to lose. Like, just go for
0: it. (laughs) I mean, I think the beauty of social media is, like, whatever you put out. Great, horrible, like, whatever. It's only, it's truly there for a minute. And then something else comes along. And there's a lot of, like, you know, shiny in the corner syndrome with social. Oh, yeah. So it's like, you're looking at this thing, you're paying attention to it, and then all of a sudden something else, like, pops up and you're distracted and you move on. Yeah. So it can work to your advantage when Mm -hmm. you put your foot in it. But it can also kind of be a bummer because you made this, like, amazing thing and it's like, but wait, this thing right. is so cool. So right. like what happened? Also PS, hi Zach. Oh hi Zach. How <laughs> are you? Zach is Kaley's husband in case, you know, <laughs> anyone else watching doesn't know. So what are speaking of missteps, yes. what are some common missteps you see with brands
1: when they're trying to create a social voice for their platform? So a mistake I see is people not having a a voice that is unique to their brand. It's super easy to try to mimic other brands and say, "Oh, I love Glossier. I want to do exactly what Glossier is doing because it's working." And then, and then you have no. There's nothing to differentiate you from them. But also, like people are really on to that now, and they can yeah. sense when something is not authentic to what your brand is. Yeah. It is a huge mistake. So really invest the time in defining what your brand is, who your brand as a person is, and speak from that because totally. everyone is different. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So,
0: you've you've crafted the voice, you've figured yeah. out who you're talking to, you kind of figured out how you're going to say it. You've obviously been listening to Beyonce because you don't want to make a mistake, so <laughs> there's that. So, tell me about how important it is to carry this crafted voice. From social vertical to social vertical. So, like, yeah. you're sounding the same from the website to yes. Instagram
1: to LinkedIn to Facebook, yes. like, all over. So, this is actually also, I think of a as myself as a person. It's like, I, if someone follows me on social media and then they meet me in person, I want them to be like, oh my gosh, you're exactly the way that I thought you were. And I think of this with brands too, where it's like, if I see a brand tweeting, I can identify, oh yeah, that's them because like that's what they sound like on Instagram too. Or if I buy something from them, it's really important to me that it also has the same energy and voice. And so I think the copy itself changes and the copy length and exactly like what I write on Instagram, like long form captions are back to being really popular now. That's not going to fly on Twitter. And you know, the copy that you write for a box of I don't know why tampons are coming to mind, but they are. That's going to be a different copy than what's fully fleshed out on your website. You know, So yeah. I think it's important to keep the voice the same, but yeah. realize that the products and social products are all different, and those yeah. are just slightly different.
0: Yeah, so like you're saying it from coming from the same place, but you're maybe crafting it a little bit differently because you're not gonna put on LinkedIn uh, what you're gonna put on Twitter. Right, there are
1: different audiences, uh, and that's where when you brand voice, thinking about who you're trying to speak to in that moment really plays a key part. Totally. So I think another big place
0: where Grand Boys comes to play is when you're answering DMs and comments on posts. And engaging with with your community is so important. And you want to make sure that you're doing it in a way that doesn't alienate people and makes them feel included, but you also, especially if you have a team working with you for social, it's not like they get 45 different styles of answers. So, totally. tell me a little bit about how you help educate people about yeah. how, one-to-one conversations coming mm-hmm. from a brand mm-hmm. voice, even yeah. though you might be writing it one day, I'm mm-hmm. writing it one day, <laughs> yeah. and like our intern's writing it the third day.
1: Right. So, I always take like the best friend approach, um, and it's also different depending on what it is. So, when it comes to comments... I think saying as much in your brand voice as possible and like being that best friend and like, yes girl and like that kind of thing, that's an appropriate place for that. I think it changes when you go to DMs because a lot of, at least what I've found with DMs with brands, it kind of switches to customer service a lot of times and I think that's where you need to be like your most professional, most helpful, most supportive, most understanding self and it's not really the time to be sassy with people. It's people who have genuine questions most of the time about a product that arrived incorrectly or how to use something. Mm -hmm. And that's a time to be more educational and helpful and supportive. So I think those are two big differences. And then but I think the number one most important thing when it comes to one-on-one communication from a brand to an individual is immediacy. I think the faster you can respond to something, the better. Yeah. Because the my nightmare is like a customer or a consumer of a product like falling to the wayside and their need never being met. And then it goes beyond me and like what if they email someone else and they you know and they're like well the social media person was no help to me yeah that's a nightmare to me so that is a thing I think about and I'm also like okay if the founder of the company that I'm working for right now read this dm and this interaction is this how they would handle it is this would they be proud of and happy with this interaction I know it seems small and especially when you're doing it a million times a day it seems like oh gosh it's just it can be a little tiring, but you got to keep it up there. That those are some of your most important interactions you're ever going to have. Well, and I think if someone's taking the time to
0: DM you, yes. it's one thing to write a comment and be like, "Oh, yeah. love what you're saying, yeah. love this messaging, right. like whatever, whatever." But if someone's actually DMing you about something, either yeah. there is an issue, like yeah. they bought something and it's gone terribly awry, and like, right, you know, there's a there's a problem, or they have something, a real concern that they want addressed. And I think you're right that making a great impression and being responsive and being open to having a conversation and putting them at least in the right channel if you're not the right person Mm -hmm. and doing that quickly helps cement in their mind that you guys are legitimate, that you're not a bunch of robots, that you have people who care working. And it's, yeah, yeah, like that's super important. And I would say it's way more important at that point Mm -hmm. to be kind of a customer
1: service And to worry about like a brand voice um, and maintaining something like clippy and fun and actually I've seen on other people's social media they'll post screenshots this actually happened to someone I follow I won't say the brand name but they were like oh sometimes I don't use um the vibration countdown on my toothbrush and I just like free ball it and just brush my teeth like a normal person and the toothbrush company reacted and was like if wine ha-, and this is like a wine person posting this and they were like if wine has like takes however many years to develop and enjoy then you have at least two minutes to like focus on brushing your teeth every day and I'm like no no no, no. Not, oh, no. not the time to do it not the time oh, no. to bring in like the sassy brand voice like just be like it's not the Wendy's beef beef moment moment. like no calm down oh god yeah that sounds like treacherous I respect the dedication but not the time oh no No.
0: well speaking of of brand voice so there's I feel like there's so much going on in the world today I feel like between the news and it's you know like what's going on and Social moments and you know pop culture and all of those things. How do you decide on how much current events you should speak to, and
1: where you should keep your mouth shut? This totally depends on the brand. Honestly, every brand is so different. I think overall, let's just talk about fun pop culture moments for a, for this question. So at E, it was like very important part of the brand to be able to comment in a fun, non-divisive way about things that were happening in the moment and posting like a really fun, relevant Instagram. And that's what get a major engagement. That's important. Um, I think not every brand can pull that off. I think it really depends on what your brand is. Like I, I, it will come across like you're trying too hard if you do it too much. And it's like a tough question to answer because it's, It really depends on the brand, in my opinion, and what the instance is. I think as someone who's a copywriter, it's important for you to be super in tune with the brand and have great communication with them, so you know, like, hey, I think this would be a fun idea if we commented on this in this way today, Mm -hmm. or should we not? But I think it is really like up to you and the brand having that communication. Yeah, totally. Yeah,
0: And I think kind of playing off that, I have seen a lot of brands finally taking a stand on social and political moments. Yes. And which I think is great because for the majority of my career no one is allowed to have an opinion. So I think this is a really positive shift. Yes. But how do you decide from a brand perspective where you actually want to speak out and where again, like there's just so much happening. You can't have an opinion about everything on social. Like, I know. You just need to pick your battles. Yeah. So how
1: do you pick those battles? I think the best thing to do is to analyze whether it has anything to do with your brand and whether your brand can directly support one of these initiatives. I think overall day-to-day political issues, I stay out of. That's not... I don't think it's a good idea for most brands, and I'm talking like consumer packaged goods, um, clothing brands, fitness brands. We don't need to be commenting on those things all the time. I don't think so. But I think if it's an overall brand initiative to say let's support women's rights, then I think you have a very clear statement on that and then your other posts can kind of support that message. Right. Not in necessarily like over the head kind of ways, but like in subtle ways where it's just like, obviously we support this because this is what we stand for and this right. is our initiative. Yeah. No, but
0: totally. Yeah,
1: it's, it's a total brand call. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I almost feel like if in
0: doubt, maybe back off.
1: When in doubt, like, don't say anything. Yeah.
0: Because if you're not quite sure how it fits into the yeah. brand's bigger picture and you're just saying it because everybody else is and you feel like right. you have to have an opinion, it's like, yeah. it's a, a quick, a quick step to putting your foot in it. So very I think very easy to do Yeah. yeah. But I, I agree with you that thinking about it and how the rest of your messaging is supporting that opinion is really important. Yes. Because you I also so. don't want to feel like it's just coming out of the blue. No, not at all.